Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. So what changes do the Lightning have to make after falling short of the Stanley Cup final? We're going to hear from Steve Eiserman and John Cooper, among others, get their reaction and maybe a plan for next year. And the Rays beat the Red Sox 6-3 behind Blake Snell's solid pitching, but wait till you hear about their pitching plans for the weekend. And I had a chance to talk to Bucks guard Ali Marpet, their union rep about the NFL's national anthem policy, and they signed a couple more of their draft picks, including Via Vea. All that on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started on this podcast, I want to tell you why you should go see our friends at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. You know, summer is nearly here, and that means graduation season. Graduations are a milestone to celebrate a true rite of passage. And whether your grad is completing high school or college or graduate school, go see my friend Annie at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Maybe you're considering a symbolic ring or diamond pendant, perhaps a classic uh, pair of diamond stud earrings. Whatever you have in mind, you'll get the best price at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Remember, you're paying wholesale prices. There's no pressure. Why walk around the shopping malls? You know they got the big overhead, and that means a bigger price for you. When you come to Continental, Annie's going to pour you a nice scotch. She's going to tell you about the four C's of diamonds. He's going to help you decide what is right for your graduate at the right price. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop, and they're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. So, Steve, I imagine Thursday had to have been a really tough day for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we talked about how, um, you know, when, when you lose in the playoffs uh, at any point, it's just the suddenness that strikes you is how quickly your season is over. And um, literally, you're, you know, you're playing to go to the Stanley Cup final one night, and then the next night you're packing up and saying your goodbyes. And, of course, they, they lost 4 to nothing on Wednesday night to the Caps in Game 7. It's uh you know they they've been this far a third time in four years they made it at least to the conference finals and they were denied so it was a tough day you know the emotions are raw the disappointment is high um, it's a little like Levy Smith is discouraged I go back to disappointed and I think that's sort of where where they were um, and at some point you know they want their the fans understandably want things fixed and they want their team to to win the damn Stanley Cup but. Thursday was a chance for uh, reporters and, and others to go out there and do sort of what we used to call in the business a post-mortem, kind of an autopsy, if you will, an early autopsy, uh, because actually it's going to take some time to really dissect this if you're in the Lightning organization. But uh, Lightning General Manager Steve Eiserman was out there and, of course, uh, John Cooper. Uh, and really, let's start with the coach, John Cooper. There's a lot of talk uh, I think from fans about about changes, and there's always going to be changes whenever you have, um, you know, a season uh, ends, and and I think from year to year it it, it varies. But with Coach Coop, I don't, I don't see any changes there necessarily. Um, but it was interesting to get his thoughts and just uh, what he was feeling about uh, you know the last 24 hours. Everything from agonizing to angry to disappointed to 
shocked to, you know, then you're sure that's going to turn into, you know, proud and um, happy for our group. Like, just there's so many good emotions about coaching this team, but just the emotions of how it ended is. It's tough because you don't you don't prepare for this press conference. Yeah, no no one wants to stand there and, and think their season's going to end, and then it ends so abruptly. You really aren't prepared for it. You're prepared, you know, everything in your body says that you're supposed to be getting on a plane. Or, well, in this case, they would have been hosting Las Vegas, but you're supposed to be getting ready for the Stanley Cup final on Monday. Instead, it'll be Washington heading out to Las Vegas. Um, but there's a lot of lessons to be learned from any season. I know they're going to break this down, but in the short term, what did John Cooper learn about this season? I think the only thing we keep you know, learned is how much it hurts when you don't win. And the hurt just, it magnifies with every round and every, you know, step closer you get. Um, I, I looked at last year and we didn't make the playoffs. Um, you know, you kind of, you're pushing, 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 but you kind of, you know you're in trouble in April and when it ends, you know, you kind of, there was an actual a final date to it. You saw it, but when you're in the playoffs and and you keep advancing, um, you're not prepared for an end. You're prepared to lift the Stanley Cup, and you just you know you recognizing the hurt and how it just compounds when you get to this point. And um, you know we'll come back stronger than ever next year as we have every year. Uh, but it's just it's, it's just tough less than you know 16 hours after you get eliminated really tough i think even more so steve that you know this team went so long without even scoring a goal in these two elimination games i mean it's still unbelievable that you can be shut out what one time during the regular season um, and i think braden holpe played the most games without a shutout this year and here it was holpe shutting them out the final two games uh, elimination games in this series yeah, I mean that's got to be that's got to eat them up. I would think um, they were the highest scoring team in hockey this year, over three and a half goals a game, and then you get to game six and seven, and you can't score a goal. And and, and the second half of game five, I mean they scored thirty three right. seconds into the second period of game five, didn't score after that. Um, I, I think that's what's. I, there's a lot of things that are you know I can't imagine you know being that close and, and missing it and. and you know, now being, you know, very close for the third time in four years, mm-hmm. lots of stuff I'm sure eats them up and, and they think about, but, you know, how they couldn't score for two and a half games to end the series is, would right. be top of my list. That'd be number one because you're the highest scoring team in, in hockey and, um, you know, you just, you just, and then look, they had their chances, particularly in game seven. They just couldn't, couldn't bury any. Um, they hit a couple posts. They, uh, Yanni Gord had one in the crease that he couldn't get a stick on. So, um, you know, so many opportunities to change that game and change the momentum of that game, and yet um, that is it. I think for me that would be it if you were if you were on that team. Um, just how did we have to win one game in two, including one at home, to go to the Stanley Cup final? And not only did we lose those two games, we did not score a goal. Uh, that, that would be something that would stick with you for sure. Uh, and there's really no great answer for it, but it's, it, it did happen, and, and we witnessed it, so um, – you know, it's tough. I, I think it's probably toughest on Steven Stamkos because, you know, he is certainly hearing his clock tick a little bit louder. Um, you know, certainly he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's in the middle of a giant contract and, um, 
you know, he managed to have a, a relatively injury-free season for him, uh, which is really, really good. Um, but Stamkos, uh, you know, still sounded pretty down on um, on on Thursday after the after the loss. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think it probably will take a little longer um, for it to really sink in. But you know, it just it was this was one of the the tougher feelings and ends, I guess, of the season, just based on. Um, the team that we had, the quality of, of players, the quality of persons that we had on the team, and um, just that feeling that, you know, this was a year. I, I think when, you know, we we beat Boston in five, and you're like, well, that's a really good hockey team, and you beat them in five, and you're coming in, and you just kind of felt that, okay, you know, let's keep riding that momentum, and then... That's why it's you know the toughest trophy in sports. I think to to win is you, know, you can have a lot of things go right, but uh, you run into a, a very good team and you know you lose a game seven. So it's uh, yeah, it's pretty disappointing. Man, you can hear that in his voice, and he's right because you know you don't know how many more chances you're going to get. Although you look at this this team, you look at Eiserman and what he's been able to do year to year. They do have a young, solid core. They still have you know veterans like Stamkos and. And, and Kucherov, still a young guy. He's going to be around for a while. Um, I think about players, you know, a lot of these guys on this hockey team, especially are former Rangers, former New York Rangers, guys that have been in this position before and did not go through and win a Stanley Cup. Guys like Ryan Callahan, who laid it on the line for this series. Yeah, it's, I think you're right. It's, not, it's never easy being in this situation. You want to be the, the team that's having, you know, the celebration at the end. But, um, yeah, it's tough getting this close to it. Um, you know, three out of the the four years I've been here, um, being that close and you know, kind of tasting it and and not completing it, so it it, it definitely makes uh, it harder to swallow. Hits you harder. Um, you know, it, it definitely makes it for a tough exit. There's a lot of talk, uh, Steve, on the radio. We talked about it here a little bit uh, the other night uh, about Nikita Kucherov and you know, even going back to really Game Six and and sort of the bad body language and you know, um, lack of scoring and, and, and things, especially, you know, with the, the juxtaposition of what Alex Ovechkin was doing on the other side. Um, but, you know, Kucherov, I, look, he's not going anywhere next year, certainly, and probably for a while. He's still one of the best players in the NHL, certainly one of their best scorers. Uh, but, you know, he he certainly let them down a little bit. I mean, the, their big players did not play big. He was one of them. And I think, you know, like a lot of players, Kucherov, Probably thought that this was going to be their year. Oh, it's been our year, but you know, it didn't finish that the way we wanted, and it's definitely frustrating. But there's not much I can say, I guess. So, hopefully next year. <laughs> Wait till next year. That's about all you can say. Um, I think that the one thing, uh, you know, and, and Tom Jones wrote about this in, in the Tampa Bay Times. You can read his column on TampaBay.com. His his inclination was don't change a thing. Well, there's going to be changes. But I think the larger point was these are not the days right after you lose, you know, uh, as dramatically as they did in a game seven that you want to make decisions. You really want to take your time. You want to step back. And Iserman will do that. Iserman will – We'll be very analytical about this thing. Look, if there's anybody that knows how tough it is to win a Stanley Cup, it should be Stevie Y because, and I didn't realize this until I read it, you know, it took him 14 years in his career 
before he won a Stanley Cup, one of the greatest players of all time. So I think Iserman knows that this is really a process. Well, there's a lot of positives. I certainly um, feel like we've progressed. Now, having said that, we missed the playoffs a year ago. So uh, winning a Stanley Cup is difficult. Um, and uh, there's no clear path to it. And again, our goal is to win a Stanley Cup. And part of the process uh, is working your way through um, various situations, including this year's playoffs, and we learn from it, and hopefully we get better, and uh, hopefully we're back in these situations again next year, and we're better prepared, we're, we're more experienced, we're more equipped, and, and at one point hopefully prevail. You wonder what kind of changes they're going to make. Obviously, there's going to be some guys move on and some guys move up and some guys move in, and I, I think that there's, you know, and we discussed this as well, Steve, that, um, you know, is this a team? Uh, they have a lot of skill. They have a lot of, of fast guys. Uh, I thought that they were overpowered at times physically. Um, you know, in, in playoff hockey, when you don't get many calls, uh, when you don't get many rebounds, when they're, when the other team is just blocking you out, um, I thought that, you know, maybe maybe they look at some, some bigger guys. I mean, they did add JT Miller, and, and uh, you know, they had they – had, obviously they got some, some big defensemen, but – um, you know, is this something that maybe Eisman would, would consider? We won't know for a while just exactly what he's thinking, but uh, he was asked what changes he might be contemplating. Well, I mean, we just lost in the third round in seven games, so we weren't good enough to win the Cup. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean, hey, we have to change the entire roster or change any of the roster for that matter, uh, but we have to be better. And how is that? Is that in the way we play? Is that in, um, you know, changing personnel? Like, personnel will change regardless whether it's just evolution from year to year how much it changes depends on you know what options or opportunities are out there and uh, it's difficult to change significantly for us at this stage right now I think it's it's a challenge but uh, we need to improve as you know I say my job will be this summer is okay, how do I improve the team is that is that through free agency is that through trades is that Hopefully, our young guys coming in next year, and, and you know whoever that may be, in, in improving us, or is it you know can this group is this the best option we have? So kind of look at everything. You know, you look at an interesting you know, Washington who we just played. Um, they make a dramatic move at the a, a big move, a significant move is probably a better word at the deadline. They don't win this year. They were relatively quiet. I think they added uh, Kempney was the one big addition, and he played very well for them. But it wasn't it wasn't a headline. Uh, grabbing trade and they moved some of their young guys in and they had a positive impact um, so I don't know that there's a, an exact answer for you we'll find out a year from now <laughs> um, but again uh, we'll try to improve we, we need to be better because we a lot of positives um, we got the game seven of the conference finals but ultimately if we're trying to win a Stanley Cup we need to improve I tell you it's it it really is one of those things where you know you and I subscribe to this theory a little bit, Steve, that you want to have a team that every year is going to be talked about as having a chance to win the Stanley Cup. You want to be a team that every year um, you're going to be in the playoffs, you're going to be knocking on the door, and one year you're going to knock it down. The matchups are going to be right. The bounces are going to go your way. You're going to make the right additions at the end of the season, whatever. I mean, look at the Caps. I mean, for how many years did they – win a President's Cup, uh, always make the playoffs. There was all these disappointments. And then, you know, maybe it took a little longer than, than the Caps would like, but 
here they are, in, uh, you know, after 20 years, and you didn't expect that much of a gap, but here they are back in the Stanley Cup final. I think that I think that you know the Lightning. If you're a Lightning fan, as much as any fan in the NHL, you should be pretty happy with the core you have and with the fact that Eiserman is going to put you in a position to be back in the playoffs and, and have a deep run, don't you think? Look, I heard I heard today, and I I, <clears throat> I didn't see it, but I heard on, someone on the radio was saying that the Lightning are already the favorites next year to win the Stanley Cup. That Vegas that already put out me. some early odds, and granted, you got a lot with free agency and the draft and everything coming up that. You know, who knows what it'll be like come October when the season starts. But, you know, the Lightning, you look at their roster, and I was mistaken yesterday. Chris Kunitz is the only unrestricted free agent. Paquette's a restricted okay. free agent. but So they okay. only have one unrestricted free agent of the playoff roster. Uh, they can essentially bring everybody back if they choose to. Um, mm-hmm. And they've got a good young group in Syracuse that started the year – you know, all these guys were rookies in the AHL, and they started like one in eleven or something, and ended up finished the second best record in the AHL, and and it made a good playoff run. They're loaded at Syracuse, and and in some of the players and juniors too. That there's no reason to think that the Lightning aren't going to contend for several years to come now. So right, and and, and I and you know, Eiserman's built that now. Is this roster? Is this coaching staff? Is this system? What is this good enough to get it done? Is it just they just ran into a buzzsaw in Washington and missed out? But this is as good as it's going to get. Who knows? And and you know, I I think there's going to be more changes than people realize on this team. I don't think it's going to be drastic. You know, your you don't stars, think it'll be coaching, right? You may I see mean, an maybe assistant on the or staff, two. But you may not, see, yeah, yeah, you but may not, see, but not the head coach. You know, you might see a Rick Monus go, who mm. coaches the defense. Um, right. as, as that was kind of the weaker link most of the year. Um, mm-hmm. not sh- I'm not saying he will go or should go, just, you know, but you might yeah. see changes. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, 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 I have to assume there's been a conversation about Cooper. I think he stays. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you're Iserman, you have to look at everything. You can't, you know, just sit there and say, well, we're not going to look at coaching or whatever. Um you know, I mean, you know, that's your job as a manager is to evaluate everything on the team. So is well, there a conversation? I, I don't think Cooper goes. There'll be an evaluation of him like Absolutely. there is every year. And, and let's face it, coaches with a lot more credentials than John Cooper have been fired in this league for not making it, mm-hmm. you know, for taking a team and losing in the, fi- in the you know, Eastern Conference or Western Conference Finals. That happens every year, it seems. Um, so – you know, he's not totally immune from that. And if a year from now we're having the same discussion and they make it back to the Eastern Conference Finals and don't go. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I think it will be a different conversation. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't have any sense one way or the other, but it, it seems as if that would be, that would be a dramatic change and, and not necessarily, well, again, we don't know what Iserman's thinking. And we also don't know, you know, and this is the way things, at least in the sports that I've covered have worked out is, you know, you go into these meetings and there'll be some time they'll take off and then, you know, because they don't want to really deal with the emotion of everything. Um, they've got certain things they have to do with, you know, I'm sure with it, making sure that, you know, what 
exit interviews and what players are injured and all these things. And once they get through all that, maybe in a week, um, they'll reassemble and, and they'll talk. And, you know, what I found in, in the sport that I cover, which is a little different than the NHL, but, you know, a lot of it depends on what that coach's answers to the problems are. You know what I mean? If you feel like he's the guy that is, you know, going to work with you and, and help get this team over the hump, then you go forward. If, if you don't like what you're hearing or you just don't have a good feeling for whatever reason, I think once a GM, and this was true, I think, when he fired Guy Boucher, I just think once you realize that this is not the right guy, you got to make a move. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you're moving to. You just got to do it. Um, and I don't sense that Eiserman is well, there, and, and cer- there, certainly no one else has called for it. Well, there's, there's two ways to do it. There's, there's that way of, okay, mm-hmm. I determined he's not the right guy. I'm going to make a move. The mm-hmm. other one is I found a guy I think is better. I have someone. That's yeah. right. I mean, it yes. could be one of two ways if you're going to make a coaching. That's how Joe Madden ended up in Chicago. They were Absolutely. happy with, with, with Renteria, but right. Joe Madden became available, and they went for him. Well, and frankly, we've used this uh, analogy a lot, and people say it doesn't stand up with, with respect to uh, Tony Dungy. They had a coach there, too. It was Bill Parcells. I don't know that they make the deal for Tony Dungy. I don't know that they kicked Tony Dungy out of Tampa had they not had a signed contract from Bill Parcells, who then left them at the altar. And, of course, we know they ended up with the trade, gave up Fort Knox for John Gruden, and it worked out, right? But – um, I again, you know, it wasn't so much that they decided, well, Tony's not the guy. It was, no, Tony's not the guy, and we have a Super Bowl coach in Bill Parcells. So uh, you're right. I think a lot of that does depend on whether you think there's somebody better and, and that you can, you can get them. Um, and we don't have those answers right now as we sit here today, but uh, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of momentum for that or a lot of, a lot of discussion. And we'll find out in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure, uh, maybe even in the next few days, but – um, again, I, 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 you know, could it be system? Could it be, you know, is there something Cooper could have done differently? Look, they didn't score any goals. <laughs> so, um, and they were, and they were blocked out by a heavier, more physical team, uh, where size beats skill a little bit, but that's a very skilled Washington team too. Let's not kid ourselves, man. They, they could not stop that first line over there. And and they're deep as well, and you know they're going to move on now and play Las Vegas, and I think it's going to be a, a hell of a series. I don't, I assume who's favored in that? Have, has the Las Vegas odds makers come out? I haven't about seen that it yet. Series? Um, yeah, you know Vegas has home would, ice. Yeah, uh, and that's a I would think they're a, favored, a heck of right? a home ice advantage there uh, that they yeah, have in Vegas. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I also think you know Washington may benefit from starting on the road again. Um, trying to take some of that pressure off, you know, you're you're going into the first two and you're just trying to split them, and yeah, um, you know, they were Wind extremely loose both. here in Tampa. They won three of four in Tampa yeah. in the series, so um, yeah, you know, I, I think they'll be loose. So I, it's going to be an interesting. It'll start Monday night at eight o'clock. Uh, it's going to be an interesting series. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Vegas on paper. You know, you sit there going, how did how are they doing it? You know, but. I think, you know, Vegas is the perfect example of the, the sum of the parts is greater than the parts individually. I mean, they, 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 they work, they, they, they never take shifts off. Uh, they, they, they forecheck, they finish, they finish everything. You, you sit there going, you know, how, how do they do it this year? I mean, you look at the roster and they had good players, but you know, you know, William Carlson wasn't, he was a third or fourth line center. Right. Um, Marsha Show and Riley Smith, Florida didn't want anymore. And their coach Gerard Gallant. Um, you know, you sit there just going, wow. And Mark andre Fleury's been standing on his head these playoffs. He's been fantastic. 
Yeah, he's been the best goaltender in the, in the postseason. I think that um, – look, this is one of the best stories in the history of sport. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. It's an expansion team. And, and you can say, well, they had a lot of advantages because they paid so much money and, and the NHL sort of made sure they didn't just have a slappy team, right, that there were actually guys that were available, be it, you know, through the expansion draft, a lot of teams, um, you know, traded players and, and uh, you know, sort of used uh, used Las Vegas almost as a dumping ground in a sense. But um, no matter what, they didn't come together until, you know, till this year. And so, you know, um, I don't care if you have your pick or don't have your pick of the litter to put it together a team and, and go to the Stanley Cup final with a really good chance of winning it is, I mean, that's never how, ha- I can't remember an expansion team in any sport you know, I mean, within three years, Jacksonville and Carolina were both in the championship series or game. Um, you know, uh, certainly it took the Bucks till 1979 to make it to the NFC NFC Championship. But it's uh, this is this is unlike anything I can remember in sport. Well, here's the thing. I mean, they had an advantage over past expansion teams. They got better yes. players than, but remember, each team got to protect their top seven forwards, their top mm-hmm. three defensemen, and a goalie. Mm-hmm. So you're picking from the third and fourth line for the most part. Yeah. Or second or third defensive pair and a backup goalie for the right. most part. I mean, you know, and they did some trades in that and they were very You had some assets that. with draft picks and things I mean, like, like that. Like I said, they yeah. had good players, but, uh, you know, you look mm-hmm. at their roster and you're going, how are they doing this? Uh, and it's no superstar, credit to really. the to Credit mm-hmm. to, you know, George McPhee and the whole organization, Gerard Gallant and the job he's done coaching this year. Um, yeah. You know, and some of those players that – were third or fourth line players now given a shot at the top line and, and they're succeeding like Carlson. Um, it, it's, inc- it, it, it is, it's one of the greatest sports stories of all time. And, you know, people can say, well, you know, they, they had it rigged because of the expansion rules. They got better players than other expansion teams, but they weren't getting Steven Stamkos and, and Alex Ovechkins. And well, yeah, compared to rosters, I mean, that's a perfect example. I mean, look what we're doing, what we're dealing with here in Tampa. You're naming off, you know, five all-stars and an all-star coach, right? Well, that wasn't the case when anybody, no one predicted that for Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here they they made it to the Stanley Cup final. We just got done talking about how hard it is to get there, and they got there in their first year. I mean, it, it doesn't change the, you know, it, I mean. And, it, and they've only lost three games in the first three rounds. Yeah, steamrolled people. I mean, they, they, they swept San Jose, or I'm sorry, they swept mm-hmm. L.A., they went six games with San Jose, and they took down Winnipeg, maybe the best team in the West, in five games. Yeah, well, that's impressive. Uh, my kids are already going to root for Las Vegas. I can't, I can't, uh, can't quite figure that out. But they're mad at the Caps, so I guess, uh, I guess that's the way it goes sometimes. But. Well, I, li- I like both radio announcers, so I'm not sure who I'm rooting for. John Walton, I used to work for with with in Cincinnati. He's the Capitals oh, announcer, yeah? and Dan Duva, the announcer for the for Vegas. He was the Syracuse Crunches uh, announcer the last few years, oh, uh, wow. which is the Lightning's affiliate there. So I've gotten to work with him a little bit. Uh, so both are great guys, so I don't know which one I'm rooting for. Interesting. Really interesting. Well, we'll have more, I'm sure, on the Lightning as uh, the weeks go on and, and they do have a chance to sit down and kind of make some decisions. I don't know that anything is pressing, but certainly we'll keep you up to date here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. And um, good sound there um, on all those guys from their, uh, from their post-mortem that they had there on Thursday. Meanwhile, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, I mentioned, they beat the Red Sox 6-3. to three. They built a 6 to nothing lead. Blake Snell, really good. I mean, he threw uh, 101 pitches, wasn't very efficient, threw six innings, gave up three hits, a couple of walks, struck out eight, 
And uh, I think you told me, Steve, before the pocket, eight of his last nine innings have been quality starts. That's correct. Yeah, he's been pitching very well. His ERA is down to, I think I saw 278 or somewhere in that ballpark. Um, wow. So, you know, he's been pitching really well. Um, What's he got, like five or six wins now? He's actually got six wins on the season now, so he's six and three this year. Wow. He's going to be their all-star pitcher. There's no doubt about it, right? I mean, the way if he continues this through the all-star break, he'll have 10, 11 wins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if he's continuing this, he'll be in the All-Star game, absolutely. For sure, yeah. How about that? You know who won't be there? Chris Archer, <laughs> probably. Um, but he, no, he Snow gets, is he impressive. He gets some tough luck, no decisions, though, too. He does, he does. He pitched pretty well his last time out. Look, the real story in this game was Denard Span. I love this guy. I love this guy, man. I'll tell you, Denard Span. You think about the span, you think about the bridges between Tampa and St. Pete, man, that's the guy you need to span the bridges, man. You got Denard Span. He was on four times. He scored a couple of runs. But the big story was he was flopping all over the walls, all over the field. He went uh, into the picnic area one time, took out a guy. And then, like, the last hitter uh, or the next to last hitter, guy hits a foul ball down the left field line over there in the uh, Crawford cutout, and it's foul. And he goes up, and Raymond is standing there, and Raymond does nothing to try to help the guy. Raymond's not standing there. Raymond ducks. He ducks, Yeah. Like what are you doing? Your big, your big padded, furry thing, you know? Catch the outfielder for God's sakes! Yeah, help you, help your teammate out. This wasn't, this wasn't Boston coming over there to try to make the catch. I know. This is your guy. It was, it, it was horrible, and then they were all hugged up afterwards. But it's like, man, I'd be throwing down on Raymond. It's like, dude, you're our mascot. You're just, you're just puffy blue guy. Give me a little cushion. If you fall down, let me bounce off your tummy or something, man. Yeah, they, they asked Denard about you know going into 162 landing twice tonight, and he said, I was just looking to get some nachos. <laughs> I love the guy. He's funny, man. He's a good ball player, too. And, and, and if you'll see, a lot of the games they win, or most of the games they win, he plays a big role in them. And, you know, he's not, let's just say, he's not the fleetest outfielder anymore. <laughs> so on some balls that would probably be routine for some guys, they're like sliding catches for him. But, damn, if it's not interesting, and he makes the play. So, uh, made another sliding catch in left field. It was fun to watch. This weekend is going to be interesting because they're going back to, uh, you know, the Rays way, which everybody now is uh, going to be writing about, and they're trying to revolutionize baseball. Because, really, they're down to two starters, Archer and Snell. And that's about it. I mean, Jake mm-hmm. is out for a while. And Nathan Avaldi's um, coming back in Oakland at the beginning of next week, either Monday or Tuesday he'll pitch. That'll be that'll be really interesting to see and see if he can ramp it up there back around 98 miles an hour again. Um, so what they're going to do this weekend? The Rays are going to start Sergio Sergio Romo tonight against the Orioles. Then it's going to be Ryan Stanek on Saturday. Now when I say start, I mean he's the, the opening opener, pitcher. The opener. Yeah, he's the opener. That's right. And then it'll be uh, and then Romo is going to come back again on Sunday. So you're going to have them uh, and then relieving those guys. Um, after the first inning, I would assume the first, maybe first, maybe first two, but at least the first inning will be uh, Ryan Yarbrough on Friday and then Anthony Bonda on Saturday and always tough Austin Pruitt on Sunday. I'll be there at the race game on Sunday covering it for the Tampa Bay Times, so that'll be fun to do my little baseball dip. I'm like the Sunday guy. I'm like the bullpen guy. We're Johnny, Bull, we're Johnny Holstaff. No, at the J- Johnny there. Holstaff from the Times coming in. <laughs> it's, it's a bullpen day. When I walk in there, I always say that. Uh, Willie Adamez, meanwhile, was optioned to Durham. Yeah, Joey Wendell back Willie. off the paternity list, so he That's had to right. go. So Will, Willie's got to wait for another wife to get pregnant and <laughs> and uh, maybe get another uh, call-up for paternity, paternity leave or something like that. Who knows? 
Um, but Willie made a good accounting of himself. He, he certainly showed like he belonged and, um, you know, so I, I think it's going to be exciting when these young kids get back up here and whenever it's going to be June or July, we'll see when they bring them back up. Uh, meanwhile, I was out at one buck place, uh, for the third OTA organized team activity. Still no Jason, Justin, Jason, Jason Pierre Paul, um, still no Brent Grimes. So a couple guys missing, but yes, Deshaun Jackson was there again. Um, nothing really stood out. There were a lot of interceptions, uh, which might not be a good thing for the offense, but is a good thing for the defense. They were taking the ball away quite a bit. So uh, that was interesting to see. The secondary is much more aggressive, I think, with these this group of guys, and we'll see if they can continue that. I had a chance to, uh, to talk a little bit. You know, we discussed this the other night, Steve, about the NFL's national anthem policy, and, and uh, the guy who is the – Union rep for the Buccaneers is Ali Marpet, which is an interesting choice, and he became their union rep a year ago. And I had a chance to uh, to grab a hold of Ali and ask him what he thought about the new national anthem policy. Yeah, I think it's an interesting move, um, considering that uh, they made a stance earlier and they changed it. Seems yeah. a little bit odd. Um, uh, there's a little bit of question regarding the legality of it. I think regarding uh, uh, workers' uh, rights. Yeah. So. I know that the, the way the structure right now is that the NFL will find the clubs. Right, and not the, the player, and it's up to the club to so, take this one. From my understanding, it's, it's uh, questionable uh, if a team or the NFL could legally uh, find a player for protesting. Right, and it's not collectively bargained, so that's, that's another issue. What Do you understand, really, aside from kneeling, what would constitute not respecting the national anthem? It's yeah, kind of so broad, right? So... Uh, I'm not sure what they envision. Yeah. Uh, so I can't speak. I mean, they probably need to clarify their statement. Yeah, it seems broad, doesn't it? I mean, my understanding is broad, vague at least. Uh, yeah. So maybe I need to get a better understanding of it. But right. right now, it seems a little vague to me. Yeah. Have you gotten any uh, feedback from players or anybody saying anything to you? I mean, because you were you had a team last year with two players that obviously took a stance. And, yeah. And then it, then it really wasn't a deal after that that one. Yeah, day. so again, it just seems like a bizarre move to change it this late in the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, I wonder what changed in their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the players are more, uh, I, would, I would say that they're more confused by the move. Than right, anything. right. And then finally, uh, uh, President Trump said yesterday that anybody that doesn't stand for national anthem shouldn't be in this country. Okay. Uh, do you have a reaction to that? So I would take the stance that, I mean, I think everyone has a right to protest. Uh, Constitutionally, it's yeah. guaranteed, right? So, uh, Right or wrong, whether I agree with it or not, everyone has to feel like everyone's got a right to protest. So that's Ali Marpet, the Bucks uh, union rep there, talking about the uh, NFL's national anthem policy. There's going to be a lot of discussion about this. I actually think they've taken something that was sort of on the back burner and now put it back on the front burner. Um, and uh, I, I don't know how players will react to this, whether you'll see a bunch of guys uh, in protest not come out for the national anthem or selected guys or guys raise fists and stand. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a deal. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to Dirk Cutter a little bit. And uh, we know where Dirk, where Dirk feels about it. And, and really after that, that Minnesota game, which was in reaction to a previous uh, uh, Trump statement um, at, a, at a campaign rally back in September, um, you know, the Bucks pretty much decided as a team that, you know, regardless of whatever positions they wanted to take or awareness they wanted to raise, that for the rest of the year they all, they all stood there together as a team during the national anthem. It, wasn't, it really wasn't a thing. Um, so, you know, I don't know if they've taken something that had kind of, kind of lost its steam and, and, uh, you know, put it front and center again, but, um, all these questions are still being worked out and you can see, you know, uh, after just a day really of having a chance to look at it, Ali, Ali still wasn't quite sure. 
um, just how this thing was going to play out. So the Rays begin their series then tonight against the Orioles. I'll have them in for the weekend. USF baseball team still alive in the American Athletic Conference. They won a doubleheader on Thursday, so we'll see if they're able to push their way through a uh, to a conference championship game. The NBA, we haven't talked in the NBA, Steve. Man, you got the Rockets took a 3-2 lead over the Golden State Warriors on Thursday night, and now you have the Celtics with a 3-2 lead over LeBron and the Cavs. Game six is tonight in Cleveland, so those series are getting close to an NBA final. Uh, right now, it looks like it might be yeah, it might be Houston and the Celtics. That would be some new blood there. So going to have a, a busy weekend in sports. And, uh, of course, we'll be back to talk about it on Monday. And uh, we're here every Monday through Friday, as a matter of fact. And we are glad that you guys join us on the podcast. And you can interact with us on the Internet, of course, through Twitter. We're at Sports Day TV, at Sports Day TV. Or you can reach me at NFL Stroud. Or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. Dot com. We'd love for you guys to rate and review this podcast. And you can get it almost anywhere, right, Steve? Yeah, anywhere you get podcasts, whether you subscribe through iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, or any third-party podcast app, you can download it there, subscribe. You can rate, uh, comment on there, too, or like it. And then, of course, if you can't find there, then go to tampabay.com slash sports. The latest episodes are always there, too. School's out for summer, and it's a, it's a Memorial Day weekend, so have a great one, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday. For Steve Versting, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.